So what does research say about yoga and meditation and PMDD relief? Well, Catherine Van Warmerdam is about to talk with me about that and spill the beans because it's not just pie in the sky, blah, blah. There's research done. There's neuroscience behind why yoga boosts your dopamine, why yoga boosts your GABA, and why yoga helps you to flip out less. Yes, yoga is brain food, and you don't have to be good at yoga to reap the benefits. Catherine's going to tell us all about that right now. Ooh. Welcome to the PMDD Healing Summit where the world's top experts share hope, guidance, and next steps for your PMDD healing journey. And today I have a fellow yoga sister here, and I'm so excited to get into the nitty gritty. And her name is Catherine Van Warmadam. And let me introduce you to her. She is a yoga teacher from Ontario, Canada, and she has lived with PMDD for 15 years and is super passionate about raising awareness about this condition. She is a self-described research nerd and loves to learn about the brain and body and apply this information to her yoga teachings. She's particularly interested in learning about how yoga and meditation can impact the brain. Oh, I cannot wait to get into this with you. And she says that the practice and philosophy of yoga have helped her to see herself in a new light. And she believes that yoga has enormous potential for people to improve their relationship with themselves and to improve especially their relationship with themselves if they struggle with PMDD because we often right, struggle with self-acceptance, self-love, including accepting ourselves in our luteal phases. Oh, it's so true. So Catherine, thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you. I could not have said that better myself, uh, more more emphatically. <laughs> so thank you for that wonderful introduction. And I'm so excited to be a part of this year's PMDD Healing Summit. And thank you so much, Charisma, for putting this on and putting all of your love and energy into it. And I'm just so excited for, uh, for this upcoming week. Same here. You're welcome. And also thank you again. Let's dive right into it. Tell us a little bit about your journey with PMDD. Sure, sure. So uh, as you mentioned, yeah, I have unfortunately suffered from PMDD for about 15 years. Um, for me, it started pretty much around puberty, although I know for other people it starts at different times, can be triggered by different things. But personally, for me, it was right when I started menstruating, which is a very confusing time <laughs> in, in anyone's life. Um, and... Uh, I was actually adopted, so a lot of the struggles that I have um, aren't real, really reflected well in my family, so I think it was hard for them to see that something that was happening in me wasn't quote-unquote normal, <laughs> um, and often, you know, I guess the hormonal sort of issues that happen around puberty can easily be sort of passed off as teenage hormones and that sort of thing, so that was a really troubling time in my life, um, and it took me a while to really figure out what was going on. And I don't think I received my diagnosis until my early 20s, which I know is quite common for a long delay in terms of uh, diagnosis, which is why awareness is so important and why I'm so passionate about it. Um, and I guess, yeah, since since then, I've just been on a journey of 
trying to find out what works for me. And um, again, that's the thing about PMDD, right? Is uh, different things work for different people and there's no, there's no easy answer. There's no quick fixes. And we're all on sort of just a, uh, a journey to find out what works best for us. And uh, I guess like, like in terms of yoga, I've been practicing yoga for probably about 10 years. I started uh, when I was in university and it was never really a regular practice for me until quite recently. And it wasn't until I started to take my yoga teacher training um, that I really understood what it was all about. Before, for me, it was more of like a, a fitness exercise, put your body into weird positions sort of thing. Um, but I took my yoga teacher training um, just out of curiosity, something to do uh, to keep me busy. And yeah, it was really the philosophy and um, kind of going deeper into to what yoga is and what yoga means that really changed things for me. Um, I wouldn't say that that yoga has solved all my problems, um, but as you said, it's helped me see myself in a different way. And I think I spent a very long time hating myself mm. and blaming myself for my problems and my struggles and thinking that I wasn't good enough. And I know that's very common. Um, and yeah, it just gave me a much better sense of myself and a way to connect with my mind and my body and, um, to have a little bit more hope <laughs> to move mm -hmm. forward. So that's really what I'm passionate about in the yoga world and what I want to, to bring to other people. That's so beautiful. So what were like your most dominant PMDD symptoms? Um, Definitely depression and anxiety. I was um, diagnosed with those before I was diagnosed with PMDD. <laughs> um, I'm not one of the people that gets super irritable. I have a little bit of irritability mm -hmm. um, and definitely a lot of pain. Um, mm -hmm. I'm curious as to whether I have endometriosis or not, but again, that's one of those things that's also really hard to diagnose. So um, I, it's hard to say if that's PMDD or something else, but menstrual issues in general. Um, and yeah, like the, that, that's the thing. The more you take time to really check in with yourself, the more you notice your symptoms um, and, and patterns within them. So, for example, <laughs> the, when I know I'm going into luteal phase, I always crave a very specific type of potato chip. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I know that it's coming. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to eat this whole bag of chips and the next two weeks are going to be really tough. <laughs> um, and then from there, like my sleep patterns start to change and my eating habits start to change. And and then it, it just goes full luteal phase from there. But um, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm sure we all know the struggle. Yes. For me, it's a, I start eating bread. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My guy's but bread. His bread loaf is then suddenly gone and he knows and I know. <laughs> so could you share like how yoga and yoga nidra, which I want to hear all about what that is afterwards. How has that helped you? Like, what has that given you? Uh, yeah. So for those who don't know what yoga nidra is, I'll, I'll explain that first. Cause a lot of people don't know. It's, it's kind of like a, um, well, it's kind of like PMDD. Not a lot of people know, know much about it. Um, <laughs> So when I took my yoga teacher training, it just so happened that my yoga teacher um, is also a specialist in yoga nidra, um, which I had never heard of before. And she guided me through a yoga nidra on one of my um, training days. And it was like my soul left my body. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, I had never really felt anything like that. And it's so simple. Like 
if you are practicing yoga nidra, all you need to do is lie down on your mat in like savasana or a comfortable position and just listen. That's all you need to do. It's the easiest yoga ever. Awesome. I can do that. Yeah. Anyone, anyone can. And it's great for, you know, if you're in medial phase and you're exhausted and in pain and you just want to lie down, it's, it's easy to do. And, uh, and it has a lot of benefits. So it's basically just a type of guided meditation, um, but it has a certain structure to it. And uh, it's designed to take you through different layers of your, your being, different layers of yourself, five layers of the self. Um, and corresponding with those, it takes your brain down to different um, brainwave lengths. So there's a lot of neuroscience involved too. Um, and I also like to include binaural beats in my meditations. So it's a, it's a type of music that if you're wearing earphones, um, it'll play a frequency that's a little bit higher than the other in one ear and then the other, and then your brain will equalize them. And then that syncs your brain up to wow. that brainwave. It's crazy. It's really cool. Um, so I always include those in my meditations too, because it's, it's a way to bring your brain into these calm, deep, deeply relaxing states of, of being. And that's something that, um, us PMDD workers <laughs> really, really need. Um, so yeah, when, when she, when my teacher Ali did this for me, um, it was totally amazing. Um, I felt like I had been sleeping for like six hours and it was only like a half hour meditation. It was wild. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of fell in love with it from there and I went on to take my own, um, yoga nidra teacher training and, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it ever since. So. Wow. I mean, yoga nidra sounds so awesome. And y'all, y'all don't know this yet, but Catherine is going to do a live yoga nidra session with us during the summit on when is it? Is it on Wednesday? <laughs> Wednesday. I think it's on Wednesday. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll have all the details, but yes. Yeah, so I'm super excited about that. So it's like a guided meditation that takes you deep down. So that sounds super juicy for us PMDD peeps, because I know my brain likes to just spin out of control and go all kinds of ways. So this could help with a lot with anxiety possibly, right? And like depression and these like kind of thought and emotional states that we have. Yeah, so studies show that people who practice um, yoga nidra regularly actually prioritize um, alpha brain waves, which are like a very um, calming, deep rest. Uh, well, not deep rest, it's not the deepest one, but it's it's more like a daydreaming kind of state. It prioritizes those over, I'm um, oh, sorry, no, beta, beta brain waves. I get them all mixed up sometimes, but we prioritize beta brain waves, which are more relaxing than alpha and gamma, which are more of our like thinking mind and the sort of mode we're in when we're feeling quite anxious. Um, and that, that's for regular practitioners, but studies also show like they've done um, like MRI and, you know, neuroimaging studies and stuff. They show that um, just one session of yoga nidra can boost dopamine in your brain by 65%. Wow. Yeah. And that's your feel good hormone, right? So, or a transmitter. Um, so if you are, you know, struggling with depression and anxiety, this is such a powerful practice and you only need to do it like once to see the benefits. So super exciting. Super exciting. And this is what I love about you. And I know everybody else will love too. You bring in that research, right? Because we can all have these ideas. Oh, yoga is great. Yoga nidra is great. Meditation is great. But where's the proof? You're bringing the proof. And we don't even have, we just have to lay down and listen. Like, I mean, y'all, there's nothing simpler than that. So let's talk a little bit about this more. Like, 
share some more research um, around the neuroscience of why yoga and meditation are so helpful for our mental health. Yeah, sure. Let me grab my notes here because there's yes. a lot. <laughs> I'm always making notes, and I love uh, I love to keep up on the studies, awesome. the community studies, but also yoga studies. That's something. So yeah, <laughs> I got my notebook too. Um, so yeah, I mentioned that yoga nature can boost your dopamine by 65. Yes. percent um, It helps us to prioritize our. No, I was right. Alpha brainwaves. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. So it, it helps us to um, to prioritize our alpha brainwaves over other types of brainwaves, and it also activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which we know from from regular like the physical asana practice of yoga too, right? It's our rest and digest function. It helps us regulate our breathing, our digestion, our heart rate. Um, all of which can be quite elevated when we are um, feeling quite anxious. Yes. And speaking of, I find um, we were talking about PMDD symptoms earlier. Uh, before I started practicing yoga, I never realized how much like tension I would carry in my body, especially in certain phases. Yeah. Like sometimes, even if I'd just be sitting on the couch and like watching Netflix or something, my mm -hmm. thighs and like my jaw would be like. <laughs> um, and unless you bring like a certain mindfulness to that, you don't even notice and your body is just so tense all the time. So what I love about yoga and yoga nidra is that in, it invites you to scan through your body and mm -hmm. invite like that sense of release and relaxation and um, yeah, just inviting, inviting a different vibe <laughs> into yeah. your body. Um, and I think that's just, that's just so important. That is so um, important. Anyway, back to the neuroscience. Yeah, and just you talking about that made me relax my jaw and relax my shoulders a little bit. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of like unconscious stuff that goes on. And for me anyway, like practicing yoga and any type of meditation, is just all about checking in with how you're feeling that day and being fully present for that and accepting mm -hmm. what is. Like my view on, on yoga is... Um, yoga for PMDD specifically is that you don't have to love your PMDD and you don't have to love your luteal self, but you have to love yourself through it. Your luteal phase, you have to love your luteal self. You don't have to love your luteal phase, but you have to love yourself through the good times and the bad times. And yoga is the way that I, I do that. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Yeah. So good. Ah, uh, so good. Because you, you were talking about, you know, this rest and digest state that it brings us into. I was also talking with another expert. I forgot who it was. There were, there's so many great ones here, but she said that stress exacerbates PMDD symptoms. So getting into that more rest and digest state in our nervous system that can release some stress. So that will already, already help us a lot with our PMDD symptoms. So, wow. Yeah. And there's some more research on that as well. Yeah. Like um, yoga and meditation have been shown to reduce reactivity in the amygdala, which is the part of the brain that reacts to stressful situations. Mm. Um, so we get the immediate benefit of, of the relaxation, but it's also training your brain to become less reactive over time, wow. which is super cool. <laughs> I nerd out over all this stuff. Um, what else have we got? Oh, yes. This one's super, super interesting, especially in a PMDB context. Um, just one yoga class can boost levels of GABA, gamma, 
aminobutyric acid <laughs> in your brain by 27%. And that is actually something that um, they've been studying in the PMDD world for a while. And they think that it might be something to do with how our brains, as PMDD people, as brain, our brains modulated. Um, and we might be quite deficient in it. So if practicing just one yoga class can boost your, your levels of it by 27%, then like, why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> why not? <laughs> it's like brain food. That's amazing. It's like brain food. Yoga is like brain food. I think I need to, I need to have a t-shirt <laughs> that says that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, let's, I got the last one here. Let's yeah. see. Um, a study of yoga, uh, a yoga intervention, a 12 yoga intervention on people with PMBD and PMS showed uh, a decrease in physical symptoms. So um, like menstrual pain, swelling, breast tenderness, like yeah. hot flashes, that sort of thing. Um, it improved menstrual pain and in turn that improved um, physical energy, social ability, and overall sense of well-being and mental health. So there, and a, a literature review of 18 other studies found like similar results. So there are, there, there is research to support that, uh, that yoga and meditation for people with menstrual disorders is, uh, is overwhelmingly positive. Oh my gosh. I'm going to use all this research in my next class. I'm going to be like, y'all, this is, this is what Catherine said. This is awesome. Especially my, one of my big PMDD symptoms. And I know people out there, they resonate with that is anger and flipping out. I'm really, really good at that. So that it reduces the reactivity that it's in, in a study. I love that because I see that in myself that I feel my luteal, you know, I know I'm like, oh, my luteal. And I notice that, you know, I get an email and I'm more like, oh, Jesus on the inside. And I also roll my eyes on the outside, but I don't like react to it. You know, I'm not like going to flip out over it or my guy, he does something. And I'm like, oh, I'm noticing it more than usual, but I won't flip out like I used to. And I won't like use my, my inner anguish and pain. It doesn't go outside, I can just, I'm able to be with it. So this is actually neuroscience and it's actually proven. So I'm super stoked on what you just shared. Yeah. And, and just mentioning what you said there in terms of, of the, the neuroscience, it, it definitely supports it. But in terms of like a more spiritual yoga philosophy kind of way, mm -hmm. um, like in, in yoga, we talk about the, the witness consciousness, right? So mm -hmm. Um, being a witness for what's happening in your mind and body. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a bit hard to explain, but, you know, through, through meditation, you're almost separating yourself from your thoughts and your emotions a little bit. And you're the one that's just sitting back and watching it all happen in front of you. And that creates the space that you were talking about, right? Where yeah. you see something happening, you feel your initial reaction, but you have that little cushion to be like, do I want to react poorly to this or do I want to maybe react differently and I think if we're not taking the time to check in with ourselves regularly on a regular basis yeah. um, it can be just too easy and too tempting to just react 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 yeah. um, so developing through through meditation and through yoga and just like mindfulness in general and being curious about what you're feeling and why you're feeling it um, you can definitely learn to to have a little bit more more space in your, in your day and in, in your experiences. Yes. You're speaking my language, that space, exactly. That gives us time to see how do I want to react? Do I even want to react or respond to this? I always say we, 
we're more able to sit with our shit. That's what I say. I got the potty mouth and that is, but I like how you call it witness consciousness. That's pretty nice. (laughs) And it is, it is about sitting with the shit sometimes. Like people think yoga is all like love and light, yada, yada. But like, sometimes it's like sitting on your mat, just like, or just like growling or like letting it out or just like, you know, lying in pigeon pose and crying. Like, it's about just being being there and showing up and whatever comes up comes up. It's not always it's not always pretty. <laughs> it's not always fun, but um there there are definitely benefits to doing it so. Beautiful. Oh, I love that. So let's, you know, you were kind of talking about different phases because I know that you're also, you know, big on kind of bringing in the, the menstrual cycle phases and we're big on menstrual cycle awareness here in the summit. So could you Give us some tips around how we can best use yoga and meditation in our different phases of our cycle. Yes. Yes. So um, I had a little brainwave earlier when we were talking about yoga being brain food and I want to dispel a little myth about yoga. Actually, it's a very big myth <laughs> because a lot of people think that yoga is just like one, one thing. It's just, you know, like doing poses, mm-hmm. um, but there's so many types of yoga and it's almost like, like, different types of food, right? Like there's Japanese food and then there's Mexican food and they're not really the same at all, but they're still food. Um, so there's different types of yoga, right? Like there is like hot power yoga, but then there's also like yin yoga where you basically are just lying in supportive positions on like pillows and bolsters and stuff. And they're very different. Um, so the great thing about yoga is that you can tailor it to your needs. So just as, you know, you wouldn't want to eat the same type of food every day. You might do different types of yoga on different occasions. Um, so for example, you know, if your stomach's not feeling good one day, you might have some rice or some oatmeal, or, you know, if you are celebrating at a wedding, you might have like a bunch of Italian food. <laughs> so it depends on what you're feeling and what's happening in your body and your circumstances. And that's how I definitely approach um, yoga practice in the context of how I'm feeling, but, um, more specifically in, in terms of your menstrual cycle, there's definitely certain types of yoga that, um, are definitely more supportive to your body's energy needs and pain levels, and even how you're feeling emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so different types, different types of yoga for different parts of the cycle. Um, so let's see, for example, during the menstrual phase, I like mm-hmm. to do a lot of like resting and relaxation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And releasing tension because we tend to have a lot of tension in our bodies built up over that luteal phase, emotional tension and physical tension. So I like to do more restorative or yin yoga, holding poses for a lot longer. Um, I tend to like not even really get up beyond being on my knees. Like it's mostly just all (laughs) all on the mat, lots of pillows, lots of blocks. Um, Very, very chill. Mm. Um, And then in follicular phase, that's when we are feeling a little bit more energetic and we're physically stronger. So that's a good time to be challenging yourself a little bit more. Um, maybe something more like power yoga or vinyasa or ashtanga yoga, which are more about um, building, building strength and um, holding st- like strength building poses, like the warrior series for longer periods of time mm-hmm. and really challenging yourself. And then in ovulatory phase, um, that's when we're feeling a little bit more rhythmic and sensual. Yeah. <laughs> so I like, I like vinyasa and like low yoga for that, like repeating movements, not really stopping ever, just sort of moving very fluidly and intuitively. 
and into that. And then uh, luteal phase, again, like sometimes you're just not feeling it at all. And that's a great time to be doing yoga nidra or something where all you need to do is just lie down and listen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, although there's also lots of great um, restorative poses um, that I was talking about in the menstrual phase as well that are good for um, releasing any pain or tension, um, like that you might be having, you know, menstrual pain or things like that. So um, I like to mix it up. Sometimes if I'm really low energy, uh, I'll just be focusing on meditation or um, I might be lying in my bed and just, you know, throw in a couple uh, reclined twists or, or something like that. Just some little, little poses, anything, anything counts. It doesn't have to be like a full hour long yoga class in your luteal phase. You can just maybe take a couple minutes to do a couple stretches and, and check in with yourself. So it's not like we need to set a high bar. Or okay. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I know you are, you have a beautiful freebie that you're going to share with us. It's some free yoga sessions there, right? And a guided meditation for PMDD warriors. Is this also something that they can then kind of sync with their menstrual cycle? Your those free yoga classes? Yes, it's exactly that. So um, yeah, I have a, a little freebie. Um, if you join my email list, you'll get one sent to you every day throughout the week. And then you can just save those to your email inbox and then return back to them whenever your cycle sort of links up, whenever you need them. Um, they're just half an hour, pretty short. Uh, there's there's not a whole lot of like savasana or anything. It's just a sort of in and out sort of thing. And if you mm -hmm. wanted to tack on the meditation as your savasana, you can, yeah. just depending on your, your time time frame. Um, but yeah, I've sort of organized them um, according to like what I just mentioned, that the style of poses to meet your energy needs. And, and yeah, so that's exciting. And then yes, the guided meditation actually is a yoga nidra as well. That's for community folks. So uh, yes, enjoy that. Um, uh, yes. And I also have one more, one more freebie coming up just uh, for PMD awareness month, which by yeah. the time this airs will be almost over. So um, I have a free PMDD journal and tracker like a little workbook, which is super cool. Um, so then you can use that to sort of plan out your, your month ahead um, and, you know, track your symptoms and see how you're feeling. And the journal um, prompts are sort of designed for a little bit more self-discovery to work on that self-acceptance and self-care and self-love that we tend to struggle with so much. So yeah. Uh, thank you for your generosity. I'm looking forward to those myself. Thank you. So let me tap into something that comes up a lot when people, you know, think about yoga because we're bombarded, you know, on Instagram with these really, you know, young, white, skinny women in their uh, Lululemon yoga pants and their little crop tops doing these crazy yoga poses where it's like, what is this like, a, you know, an acrobat in a circus? So could you share a little bit about for what about us normal people that is that is yoga accessible for us or do I need to be like a little bendy pretzel? Could you speak about that a little bit? Yes, that's another one of like the massive myths that I think prevents so many people from, from practicing yoga. And the answer is no, you don't have to be good at yoga to practice yoga. And like, I wouldn't even consider myself good at yoga and I don't really care. <laughs> like, um, I'm, I have a bit of natural flexibility, but I'm definitely not graceful. Like if you put me in like a dance class or a Zumba class, like, no, like I, I have no rhythm. <laughs> um, 
but for me, it's just, it's all about how you feel in the poses and, um, paying attention to uh, whether you're feeling comfortable or uncomfortable and adjusting yeah. depending on, on how that feels for you. Um, so I definitely try to make my classes uh, more accessible. Uh, my mom who's uh, in her sixties and her friends sometimes come to my yoga classes and that challenges me to, uh, to make them a little bit more accessible for people, you know, like joint and wrist and back issues and hip issues and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and something that I'm very, uh, interested in is making yoga more accessible for, for different bodies and different people. And I'm also on a bit of a journey of um, learning about like cultural appropriation in yoga, um, which is, is very interesting um, because it's, it's a spiritual practice. It's a cultural practice. And sometimes people will bring in more like spiritual elements, but mm-hmm. ultimately yoga is a tradition and not a religion. Um, so in, in terms of my yoga approach, I um, approach it as a, a mind-body practice, and people are open to add their own spirituality um, and their own tradition to it. Um, but th- I think we can do that and still respect the original traditions of, of um, the Eastern traditions of where yoga comes from um, and make it accessible to all people. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And also sharing a bit of like, right, the philosophy behind it and uh, combining that a little bit with the asana practices. And what I really like that you said that we can modify it for our own bodies that you just feel into is this, you know, a little, a little stretch or, you know, I say discomfort and not like I am going to break my leg, but a little discomfort is good. But I love that you said, you know, feel into it and then modify it for your own body. And I, I think that's so important as for us PMDD peeps that we're all different and, um, whatever, like you said in the beginning, whatever works for one person might not work for another person. And it's the same with these poses, like doesn't have to look the same and the best thing, and I'm going to put this on another t-shirt. You don't have to be good at yoga, right? To feel good after yoga or to do yoga. You don't have to be good at it, but you can still reap the benefits. That's mind blowing. Yeah. And, and in doing that, right? Like we also build some more softer skills. Like I think as people with PMDD, we have trouble respecting our own needs sometimes. Like we try to push ourselves too hard. Mm-hmm. So trying to rein it in and, you know, find our limit and maybe just push a little bit over the comfort level or, you know, sometimes we need to rein it in a little bit. It's that, that practice that we can apply in other areas of our life, with, yes. you know, relating to people at work or people in our family or just like trying to achieve our goals. It's, it's a, it's a practice of doing that. Um, and it's also a practice in saying no sometimes, right? Like if the yoga teacher says to you, we're going to do this pose and it doesn't feel good for you, you don't have to do it. <laughs> and I think all of us are, are so used to just saying yes all the time. And especially, you know, in, in phases where we maybe shouldn't be saying yes and we feel pressure to say yes. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's really powerful to say no. And in my yoga classes, I encourage people to do whatever they need to do to feel comfortable um, and to practice saying no, <laughs> because that's sometimes the, the highest form of self-care is to to not do something that, you know, uh, isn't right for you. So, yeah. Uh- Great. So important. Oh, I love that. And I always say in my class, you know, if you just sit there 
on the mat, you're already in the energy, you're already reaping all the benefits. And when people then sometimes, you know, I, I like to do a lot of energetic stuff. When I see then people sometimes just stop and just sit and just breathe. I, it makes me so happy because I'm like, yes, you're honoring yourself. Screw me. You honor yourself. So that makes me so happy. So thanks for mentioning that. <laughs> and like, honestly, the hardest part, like you said, is just showing up. It's just showing up. Like once you're on your mat, well, for me anyway, once I'm on my mat, it's fine. Like, like I'll just do whatever I have to do, but the hardest part is getting there. Um, and that's what I love about the summit and, you know, how we're having, um, classes with a time and a date and, you know, you, you show up when you show up, um, it's that accountability that I think is really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, especially if, if it's just sort of a thing on my to-do list that doesn't have a set time and date, then I don't, I don't really do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's about, it's about prioritizing it as something that's for your mental health, your physical health, emotional health, self-care all around. So yeah, as long as you get to your mat, that's all you got to do. Like if that's, if that's the bar, that's fine. <laughs> Just get to the mat. Mike. Okay. I'm writing that one down too. Catherine, as of, well, I'm writing that one down, share with us a little bit. How can our PMDD per peeps, how can they work with you? Do you want to do one-on-ones? Do you do group sessions? Fill us in on that a little bit. Yeah, so I have a little program in the works right now. Um, it's going to be a six-week uh, yoga program. I think I'm going to call it the Dysphoric Yogi. <laughs> um, I haven't decided, but I'm like I'm liking the Dysphoric Yogi because it allows you to be dysphoric while you are being yogi. <laughs> um, so it's yeah, it's a six-week program. Um, it's going to include some more yoga practices, a little bit longer than the 30-minute ones. Probably, I think there'll be some 30 minutes and some um, one hours. So you can kind of choose according to your schedule what fits. Um, yeah, different styles of yoga to uh, um, incorporate, you know, how your your needs are moving throughout the menstrual cycle. There'll be meditations that are focused on sort of moving you from a place of um, maybe self-loathing and self-hate that we're unfortunately so familiar with. Um, and moving towards, you know, forgiving yourself, accepting yourself, caring for yourself and loving yourself, which is so hard to do. And it's a journey that probably will never be completed, but it's something that um, I think that we all need to, to work on. So um, the meditations will be focused and the yoga nidras will be focused more on that. Um, and then I'm also going to include uh, some videos where I just share some tips and tricks for coping with symptoms and how to communicate uh, your needs with others, how to advocate for yourself um, with you know, your, your friends and family, your coworkers, your boss, and even your medical team, um, how to really express how much PMDD is affecting you and how to get your needs met. Because that's something that I don't think we really talk about enough is, uh, how to, how to communicate and how to get what you need. Yes. <laughs> um, that's going to be a big focus. Uh, the little journal tracker that I'm releasing in April will be part of it. Although it'll be there'll be more to it. Like it'll be, um, an expanded version, mm. uh, included in there. And then there'll be like a weekly meeting where we all just sort of pop on a community call and provide ourselves with some peer support and, uh, and encouragement for continuing on. And like I said, that accountability is everything for me. Um, I actually, I just learned that I have ADHD. <laughs> ah. um, didn't know for the past 30 years. Um, and now I'm also learning that uh, PMDD and ADHD are actually, um, related in some way if you have one you're more likely to have the other 
Um, so for me, the, you know, actually practicing yoga nidra is really difficult because my brain is very busy. Um, and practicing yoga is very difficult for me because if I don't have the accountability of a set time and place to do it, then I'm just not going to do it. Um, so for, for brains like mine, and I, I'm sure anybody could benefit, um, having that accountability of a, a time and a place and people to be expecting you to be there um, is everything in making sure that you actually get it done. So yes. that's, uh, that's the, the purpose, purpose there is to hold each other accountable, hold each other in, um, in community and support. And that's what I love so much about this healing summit and just the PNDD community in general is how much we support each other because we don't get, that. <laughs> we don't get that anywhere else, right? Like we might have a couple of individuals in our life who really, you know, hold us and support us, but we support each other because we all know how difficult it is and, um, and how much we really need each other. So I, I love all you guys. <laughs> we love you. And thank you. That offering sounds so juicy. I love the aspect of the yoga and also of the, right, like how to get what you need, that communication aspect in there. And then the community, which is so yeah. important and, you know, that you can share, you know, and show up for each other. And then the accountability in there, because I always need that too. That's powerful. That's a powerful offering right there. I'm very excited. About it. It's been in the works for a very long time and I'm, uh, I'm getting very, very close. So I'm, uh, I'm going to be setting up my waitlist shortly so people yeah. can find that. If you head over to my website, www.yoganaraska.com, um, there'll be a link there. You can join the waitlist, get on my email list, and I will send you an email as soon as it's ready. And uh, yeah. Oh, beautiful. We'll have the links below the interview because y'all, yoga is the thing. Yoga Nidra sounds awesome. I cannot wait to do your Yoga Nidra. Uh, thank you so much, Catherine. To round Thank this you. out, do you have any words of hope or encouragement for our PMDD community out there? Hmm. Let's see. Um, I think, oh, there's so many things I can say. <laughs> okay, I'll say, I'll say three interrelated things. Okay. One, there is so much hope in science because I'm super interested in science. Um, there are so many studies coming out and in the past couple of years, there's been more than ever. Um, and with the help of the International Association for Premenstrual Disorders, we've been getting so much more research and funding into it. Um, so yes, there's hope down the line. There's been lots of different um, like research facilities that are working on um, some potential solutions for us. So there's hope, there's hope there. Um, number two, um, I think it all comes down to like believing that things will get better and like mm. believing in yourself. So although there may not be any quick fixes, it's a journey. And if you're not moving forward in your journey, you're never going to get to the fix. So it's a process of just keeping going and recognizing what your strengths are. So Although we feel like we struggle so much, our, our power is in our resilience and in our persistence. Um, and although that doesn't seem like a very appreciated um, sort of soft strength to have, it really is because I don't know if many other people could go through what we go through on a regular basis for so much of our lives and survive and 
um, still come out with kindness and empathy and support for, for each other and for other people. So um, recognize your power in that. And oh, I've lost what I was going to say for my third one. There goes my ADHD. Oh, hang on. Let me think. <laughs> It'll come back to me. <laughs> oh, yes. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your dreams. Because I know it's very easy to get discouraged um, because we live in such a linear world where we sort of believe that um, it's sort of one step at a time and we just go from one place to the other, but that's not how our bodies work. That's not how our brains work. We're up and down and all around and in circles and looping back and going forward. And it can feel a little bit um, discouraging and confusing when we feel like we've taken a couple steps back, but uh, I think ultimately we do have the capacity to achieve our dreams and achieve our goals, no matter how hard it is. Um, I don't think it's worth giving up on. I think um, we just got to keep trying and tap into our, our power of resilience and um, perseverance and trust that we will get what we need from each other and from ourselves, from the people around us and mm. from, uh, from science. Uh, I think eventually we will all get to a place that we need to be. So, yeah. Amazing. Three, three, three. She gave us three, y'all. And that last one that hit so deep. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't thank give up you. <laughs> Catherine, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. And I'm so excited to see what the other presenters have in store for us. So yeah. Are you going to be guiding us in any yoga? Yes. I will be doing some Kundalini yoga, y'all. <laughs> I'm excited. I've never done Kundalini yoga. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Even though I'm a yoga teacher, I haven't tried all the yoga. Like there's so much out there. So I'm very excited to, to try your specific flavor of yoga. <laughs> Exactly. There's yoga for everybody. There's a yoga for everyone out there, y'all. I mean, my notepad is full of just so much goodness. I hope y'all enjoyed that too. Pop into the Summit Facebook group and tag hashtag gold nuggets and share what you love the most about what Catherine shared. Get that freebie because some free yoga and some yoga nidra for us PMDD warriors. Heck yes. Oh yeah. And just have a wonderful rest of your day and we're out of here. Bye y'all. Hi, it's charisma. If this expert interview inspired you or helped you in any way, please consider leaving a five-star review with your insights so other PMDD warriors like you can find these interviews and benefit from them too. You're awesome and thank you so much for being a part of this community. And remember, relief is possible. Okay, bye.